Week 11 of the NFL season is in the books. My name is Keith Thornton. You're listening to the Gridiron Authority Podcast. Today we're going to talk about the Week 11 recap, and I'm going to give you my picks for Week 12 of the NFL season. So stay tuned. Let's get started. So let's pick up where we left off last week. If you recall, I left off halfway through the Steelers-Browns Thursday night football game. And of course, I'm sure you've heard what happened on the news with Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph. Really just an absolutely disgusting uh, show of character from both of these teams, really. But Miles Garrett's actions are, I don't even know the word that I can use, despicable maybe? I mean, in the heat of the moment, I could see getting angry or adrenaline's pumping, tearing somebody's helmet off, but swinging that at their bare head and hitting them in the head, it's kind of an unwritten line that nobody in the NFL crosses. I think that's it's happened maybe a handful of times in the NFL history, and people just in general know that that's a line you don't cross. I know he was saying he was instigated by Mason Rudolph, but in my opinion, there's literally nothing Mason Rudolph could have done that justified that. That helmet turns a little bit and he hits him with the crown of the helmet. Mason Rudolph could have died. Um, could have had some brain damage. Could have had a serious concussion. That affected him for really his life, not just his NFL career. So uh, the NFL acted quickly, suspended Miles Garrett indefinitely. He's done for the season. Um, he has to meet with Roger Goodell at the end of the season and we'll see what happens. But in my opinion, I think the punishment fits the crime. Uh, if anything, I think it should go into... Maybe the first quarter of next year, too. They need to set a tone with Miles Garrett that this won't be tolerated in the NFL anymore. Okay, so let's dive into some of our game recaps. And that, really, that just awful incident at the end of the Browns game really overshadowed the fact that the Browns got a big win. We talked all season about how they need this victory. And they're kind of been... I don't know if you want to say overrated. I want to say overrated. I don't think Baker Mayfield and Freddie Kitchens is a good combo, but you know the Steelers are five and four, and Browns came out and really shut them down. So uh, it's unfortunate that Miles Garrett's actions have taken away what the Browns did because nobody's talking about the fact that the Browns won. So it's something to keep an eye on in the near future. And and missing Miles Garrett is going to be a big problem for the Browns' defense. All right, let's take a look at the Jets and Redskins. Jets win thirty four seventeen. Um, Sam Darnold, granted, and I, I keep seeing this, and so, so, some of it was with like Lamar Jackson and some other guys, but you see teams go against bad teams like the Washington Redskins. They're 1-9, and they have a solid game, and everyone's thinking, oh, my God, all of a sudden Sam Darnold's great and the Jets' offense is good. I mean, they won. Let's just not, let's not get, take that away from them, but it was against the Redskins. So uh, Sam Darnold had 293, four touchdowns, one pick. Good win for the Jets, but they need to keep winning. All right, Colts and Jags. Colts won 33-13. Nick Foles kind of lost in his return. Didn't have a bad game at 296 yards and two touchdowns, but uh, this Colts team, they got it done on the ground. Jonathan Williams, 13 carries for 116 yards, and Marlon Mack, 14 carries for 109 yards and a touchdown. So uh, just two guys, both breaking 100 yards to get it done on the ground for the Colts. Uh, Bills beat the Dolphins 37-20. Um, you'd like as a Dolphins fan, it's kind of a, you you were losing. You thought you were going to tank for Tua. Tua got seriously injured. Doesn't look like he's going to be the number one pick anymore. 
Then you start winning a couple games and you get excited. Now you drop another one to a division opponent, but let's not take anything away from the Bills. Josh Allen had a hell of a game, 256 yards and three touchdowns. Um, I, it's hard to read this Bills team. They haven't played a tough schedule, similar to the one the Patriots have played. But Josh Allen's playing really good for a young guy, so uh, good win for the Bills Mafia. All right, let's go to the Cowboys-Lions. This is a game I really thought would be a little bit more lopsided, especially without Matt Stafford playing. Uh, Jeff Driscoll comes in, throws for 209 yards and two touchdowns against the, the Cowboys' D. The Cowboys win it 35-27. Dak Prescott put on a show, 444 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, I said last week that I thought this game would have to go through Ezekiel Elliott. You know, I wasn't right about that, really, because he only averaged 2.8 yards a carry, and that's one thing that this Cowboys team absolutely has to figure out. And one of the really shocking things to me is who got it done through the air. Amari Cooper only had three catches for 38 yards, but Michael Gallup had 148 Randall Cobb had 115. It's really a good problem for the Cowboys to have because you can't have too many offensive weapons, especially at the wide receiver position. All right, let's take a look at this game. This is probably the shocker of the week. I had said that I thought this was kind of my game of the week, Texans versus the Ravens. Uh, but the Ravens just absolutely stomped them, 41-7. to Absolutely unbelievable. Uh, Deshaun Watson struggled. 18 of 29 for 169 yards and a, and a pick, no touchdowns. But really, I think the thing that stood out the most to everybody, Lamar Jackson. I mean, this guy's playing MVP-level football right now. 222 yards through the air and four passing touchdowns, and he had 79 yards on the ground. So this guy is dynamic. Uh, once again, I think the only thing that can slow down this Ravens team at this point would be an injury to Lamar Jackson. So... As good as he is running it, I don't want to see him get 15 carries a game. I think maybe 5 to 10 and throw the football more, keep him healthy going into the playoffs. But either way, great win for the Ravens. Uh, the Texans just struggled on defense, couldn't stop anything, and the offense just couldn't get going. I mean, if you look at the receiving game, DeAndre Hopkins didn't have a bad game at 80 yards, but uh, they're missing guys like Will Fuller, and the ground game just can't really get it going too much. So. Uh, I expect the, the Texans to bounce back, but really strong win for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. All right, Falcons-Panthers. This one, uh, to me, was kind of the biggest shocker of the week. 29-3 Falcons. And I know if you've heard Mike talk, he's been on the fire Dan Quinn bandwagon. At this point, I almost feel like he's kind of saving his job right now. Um, they're starting to string together some wins and some big conference – or. Uh, Division wins, too. So Matt Ryan had 300-plus yards and a touchdown. But they got it done on defense, really. I mean, they they stepped up and shut down the Panthers. Um, anytime Christian McCaffrey's kept out of the end zone is a big deal. So um, good on the Falcons. Hopefully they can keep stringing some of these wins together. And if they do, it just might give Dan Quinn another year. But still, if you're a, Fal or if you're a Panthers fan... Uh, you got to be a little concerned about the offense. Everyone was saying, oh, my God, we don't even need Cam Newton because Kyle Allen's playing lights out. Well, now it's kind of like, well, when can Cam Newton get back? Kyle Allen threw no touchdowns and four interceptions in this game. So I don't think you're as set at quarterback as you would like to see with Kyle Allen. Um, so I wouldn't be too quick on the get rid of Cam Newton bandwagon just yet. 
But we still have the rest of the season to see how it plays out, see how Kyle Allen could rebound, and see what the Panthers can do because they're not in bad position, but they can't slip up too many more games because the Saints are uh, playing so well. And speaking of the Saints, Saints travel to Tampa Bay and get a win, 34-17. Drew Brees you know, comes back, throws for three touchdowns. Really good bounce-back game for them. Uh, Jameis Winston, I mean, <laughs> Jameis Winston's one of those things. He's on my fantasy team, and it's frustrating. He can have a game where he throws four touchdowns. He also has games like this one where he throws two touchdowns, but he throws four interceptions. Leads the league in picks thrown. Um, couldn't get anything going on the ground. They only had eight carries. Two of those was Jameis Winston carries. Um, if you take Jameis Winston's rushing out of it, they had six carries for 13 yards on the day. So not a good showing by Tampa Bay. And uh, we'll see what Bruce Arians can do. But right now, it's a, it's a struggle. And hopefully the Bucks can figure it out because Jameis Winston – I know Mike's really liked how he's been doing the season, but he he's had an up and down season and he's playing really good, but the interceptions are a problem. Uh, if you subtract half of his turnovers, they may have a completely different record right now. So uh, really interesting game, but the saints win and move, move on to a good record and, and they're in good position to win the division. All right. This is a game. It's kind of bittersweet, but not really. I enjoy talking about this. The Denver Broncos lose to the Vikings, which on the face of it doesn't seem that shocking. 27-23. But the shocking part was Minnesota was down 20 points at halftime. They come back to win it with Kirk Cousins throwing the ball all over the field. Uh, Kirk Cousins throws for 319 yards and three touchdowns against this Broncos defense. Uh, just a, a total collapse in the second half. Uh, Brandon Allen. I, I personally think Brandon Allen showed some... Some good flashes in the game. He did throw a touchdown, one pick. Uh, but he's clearly, to me, a better quarterback than Joe Flacco at this point. He's more mobile. He was getting the ball out of his hands quicker. Um, I saw guys like Noah Fant having a really good game. He had four catches for 60 yards, uh, kind of stepping up finally with a new quarterback. But I think the bigger thing is Kirk Cousins. I mean, this is one of those things we, you hear us talk about it all the time. But this isn't a good record for the Broncos team, but the Broncos have a really good defense right now. So for Kirk Cousins to have just an absolutely miserable first half, but come back in the second half and throw that many yards and touchdowns and get his team a win, it's a big step in and getting the naysayers of Kirk Cousins off their back. Um, he just needs to do it against good teams and in prime time, and he'll be all set. But entertaining game nonetheless, 27-23 Vikings. All right. The Cardinals traveled to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. 49ers come out victorious 36-26. to um, Again, this 49ers team, they're rolling. Uh, this one was through the air. Jimmy Garoppolo had 424 yards and four touchdowns. And people had said all year, we know that the 49ers can run the football and play defense, but can Jimmy Garoppolo lead the team in passing when he has to? And... I think over the last few weeks, it's been a big, absolutely they can. Um, especially against the Cardinals. They've done it twice now. So I expect big things out of the 49ers. They're the only one, or well, they're only one last team in the NFC. So I expect them to be a, a real force come playoff time. All right, another game that I thought was going to be close, and it ended up being pretty close, is the New England Patriots 17, the Eagles 10. Um, Tom Brady did not have a great game. 
Threw the ball 47 times, only 216 yards, no touchdowns. Um, Julian Edelman threw a touchdown in this game that ended up being the difference maker. So they couldn't really get it done on the ground. And after the game, Tom Brady was showing some frustration with the offense and the lack thereof. So um, it's a good thing for Patriots fans because when your team is mad and your quarterback's mad after a win, that means that you're a pretty good team. Um, they're still sitting at a one loss and, and in charge of the AFC playoffs, really. So, uh, good win for the Patriots against a pretty solid team in the Eagles. Okay, Oakland Raiders. Sorry, I guess it's Oakland Raiders still, but soon to be Las Vegas Raiders beat the Bengals seventeen to ten. Um, it's got a lot of people on the Raider train. I'm saying pump the brakes so far. They're half a game back from the Chiefs in the in the division, but. This is a Bengals team, and the Bengals team took them to the end. I mean, it was closer than it should have been for a team that has Ryan Finley at quarterback. Completed less than 50% of his passes for 115 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick. Uh, As we've talked about all year, this Bengals team is absolutely starved of talent. They have none. Um, Hopefully the draft brings them that, but the Raiders looked decent in the game, but I just can't look past who they're playing. Over the last several weeks, they have not played anybody good. And this coming week, they get to play the Jets, who are also not a good team. So I expect the John Gruden Raider hype train to build up. And then they play the Chiefs coming off a bye. So we'll see how that ends up. It's going to be a tight race among the AFC West, just because the Raiders have, I think I saw it was the third or fourth easiest schedule for the remainder of the year. So they've got a chance to win a lot of games here. But if you stack them up against the New England Patriots or Chiefs or any of these other playoff teams, I don't think they're going to be able to compete. Just my personal opinion, though. Let's move on to the Rams and Bears. Rams win 17-7 over the Bears. This was a really weird game. Uh, The Rams didn't particularly look good. Jared Goff only completed 11 passes for 173 yards and a pick with no touchdowns. Um, Todd Gurley finally got 25 carries. I mean, that's what they've been needing to do this whole time, especially against a good Bears defense. Pound Todd Gurley, get him back in that groove. Uh, But the big story is, at the end of the game, Bears need to score. Matt Nagy walks up to Mitch Trubisky, and for reasons that they claim are injury-related, they bench him and put Chase Daniel in, who goes one for four, nine yards, um, and loses the football game. I don't know if this is the end of Mitch Trubisky as a Bear, but they claim he's going to start as soon as he's healthy. I think he's going to play this next week. I don't think they have a choice because Chase Daniel, as much as I like the kid, is not a great quarterback. So Mitch Trubisky's your guy. Um, but it's going to be interesting to watch out. The Bears have to get some kind of offense going. I mean, Matt Nagy was hired to do just that. He did that with the Chiefs. He did it year one with the Bears. Uh, whether it's relinquishing play calling to another offensive coordinator, doing something to mix it up because what they're doing is not working. And that's Einstein's definition of insanity. Trying the same thing over and over and over again and getting the same results. They got to mix something up to get some offense going. And that brings us to the Monday night football game in Mexico City, where I must say, as much as they were hyping up how good the turf was, it was not. Every time they moved or juked or spun, the turf was coming up in large chunks. Uh, But my Chiefs got the win 24-17 over the Chargers. This is a game that, to me, the Chiefs didn't necessarily do enough to win, but the Chargers did plenty to lose. Uh, Phillip Rivers, four interceptions. Some of them were just awful. And 
it kind of brings a smile to my face. I don't want to take anything away from what Phillip Rivers has accomplished because he's he's a really good quarterback. I don't know if he's Hall of Fame worthy, but I think Phillip Rivers is coming to the end of his career. I saw in some of these plays, he's just heaving it up and hoping for the best. Uh, they're driving down to win the game, and he throws a pick in the end zone. Uh, it's just It was an awful performance by them, and really an awful performance by the Chiefs offense, too, if we're looking at it. Uh, couldn't get much going on the ground. Pat Mahomes actually led the team in rushing with 59 yards. Only passed for 182 yards with one touchdown and one pick. His second pick of the year. Uh, Travis Kelsey had a good game, 92 yards and a touchdown. But uh, like I said, I feel like Los Angeles lost this game more than the Chiefs really did to win it. But I'll take a win no matter what or how they get it. Uh, Chiefs go into a bye week. Hopefully they can get healthy come back and get a good solid win over the Raiders. But the Chiefs have a pretty grueling schedule for the rest of the year. they got to go against the Patriots again. Got to go against the tough Broncos team. Uh, they'll have to play the Chargers again down the road. So uh, it's going to be an interesting finish in the AFC West for sure. All right, that ends our recap of Week 11. All right, so let's dive right into picks for Week 12. Thursday night football sees the Colts going to take on the Texans in what should be a really good matchup. Uh, The Texans have been kind of on a roll, but then they hit that buzzsaw known as the Baltimore Ravens last week. Colts coming off a pretty big win, so I think it's going to be pretty close. I got the Texans in this one strictly because of Deshaun Watson. I think he's uh, one of those up-and-coming quarterbacks with Mahomes and Lamar Jackson that, to me, is the future of this game. So I'm going to go Texans in a close one. Then we go to Dolphins-Browns. I'm going to pick the Browns in this one. Dolphins just, they don't have the team right now. I'm not a big believer in the Browns at this point, but this should be a winnable game from them. Uh, We'll see how they rebound from the debacle on Thursday night with Miles Garrett. uh, Missing a couple key pieces on that defense. So uh, I'm picking the Browns to win probably by a touchdown over the Dolphins. All right, we got the Lions taking on the Redskins. Um, This one's tough because I don't think Matt Stafford's playing. Still recovering from that injury. I'm going to go with the Lions, though, still. I think that their ground game is going to get it done against the Redskins. Uh, We saw the Jets just annihilate the Redskins this last week, so I'm going to take the Lions in this one. Speaking of the Jets, we've got the Raiders traveling to take on the Jets in New York. Um, if you look back at the history here, when the Raiders make East Coast visits, it typically doesn't end well for the Raiders. I do think the Raiders win this one, though, sadly, because I'm, you know, they're they're making that push for AFC West tie with the Chiefs because the Chiefs are on a bye week. They win, they're tied across, along the top, and then it's a matchup after this week, Chiefs and Raiders. So I expect the Raiders to win and make a really big statement. And then next week is going to be that deciding game, maybe, in the AFC West. All right, we got the Giants visiting the Bears. The Bears have been really bad. Um, I think it looks like Mitch Trubisky is going to play. He got benched due to a hip injury, supposedly. And uh, the Bears' offense has been struggling. But you know what? I'm actually going to take the Giants here. Uh, I think Saquon Barkley will get it rolling. Uh, Daniel Jones connecting with a couple guys. I think Sterling Shepard might be back. And this Bears offense just can't do anything right now. So I'm going to go Giants in a close one. All right, this game on paper doesn't look that great, but Panthers-Saints. Panthers have a really good defense. Um, Saints have 
you know, the Saints are the Saints. They've only got a couple losses on the season, and they're still probably one of my favorites to win the NFC. So I'm going to go Saints here, but I think it's going to be pretty close. I think uh, Christian McCaffrey is going to get loose. He's going to have a pretty good game. So I think it's going to be pretty close, but I'm taking the Saints. All right, let's move on to Seahawks taking on the Eagles in Philadelphia. Um, Eagles put up a fight against the Patriots. Seahawks are one of those teams that they, they have potential to really make some noise in the NFC, but it really depends on the play of Russell Wilson, who's been playing really well. So I'm going to take the Seahawks in this. I think they get it done on the ground and Russell Wilson making some plays to a Tyler Lockett. So I got Seahawks winning that one. All right, in this matchup of a couple of underperforming teams, we got the Bucks traveling to take on the Falcons in Atlanta. The Falcons all of a sudden are looking like a you know, a competent team. I don't want to give them too much credit. They've beat a couple of good teams, but the Falcons have talent. I don't think there's any doubt that about that. They've got offensive talent. They've got some defensive talent. It's just a matter of play calling and coaching, and I think that they're starting to turn the corner on that, and this win will go – a long way in saving Dan Quinn's job. So I think the Falcons win probably more based on their defense picking off Jameis Winston. That guy cannot uh, keep the ball from being turned over. So I expect the Falcons to win this one. All right, we got a defensive showdown. The Broncos are taking on the Bills in Buffalo. Uh, I think both of these defenses are, are two of the top in the league. So it's going to be really good. What I you know, look at this game knowing it's going to be a defensive battle, I automatically look at the QBs. And right now, I got Josh Allen being a better quarterback than Brandon Allen. Uh, Josh Allen can get it done multiple ways. He can get it done through the air. He can also get it done with his legs. So I've got the Bills winning a pretty close one. I I think it's a low-scoring game, maybe something like a a 13-7 game Bills win. All right, we got Steelers taking on the Bengals. Um you know, the Steelers have a decent record, but they're not really that great of a team. But the Bengals, if you heard me talk about in the in the recap of last week, the Bengals just don't have a lot of talent on the team. I don't think A.J. Green's going to play, so I think it's, it's going to be the Steelers. I don't think they're going to put on an offensive show by any means, but they're going to play well. I don't think Juju Smith-Schuster's playing with a concussion-slash-knee injury, but I've got the Steelers winning a close one over the Bengals. All right, this one should be interesting. Jags and Titans. Uh, Nick Foles getting back in the groove of things. The Titans, uh, you know, they beat the Chiefs, so they've got talent on that team. I'm actually going to take the Titans on this. I like Nick Foles and what they can do there, but the Titans have a really good defense, and and I think Ryan Tannehill's playing good enough to win him a lot of games, and obviously Derrick Henry getting the football a lot. So I've got the Titans winning this one. All right, and this one, which I'm going to call my game of the week, Cowboys and Patriots. Um, This is going to go a long way in setting the record straight. I've said all year, Patriots have not had a tough schedule. When they play good teams, they barely win or they lose. So this is going to be a tough challenge for the Patriots, but it's also going to be a really tough challenge for the Cowboys. Uh, We've kind of said the same thing about the Cowboys. When they play good teams, they lose. When they play bad teams, they they win pretty big. Um, and, and and it's like that with Dak Prescott, too. Every time they face a bad team, he's in the MVP candidate race. Every time they face a good team, they're talking about, this is why he hasn't got paid yet. So this the winner of this game is going to walk away silencing some of the critics on 
winning big games against strong opponents. So I'm really looking forward to this. I'm going to take the Cowboys in this one. If the flu bug doesn't wipe out their whole team. I did hear that the flu is is ravaging the Cowboys team now. But Cowboys fully healthy. Patriots right now. I got the Cowboys winning this one. I think they just have too much firepower on offense. And their defense is really good. The Patriots offense hasn't found a groove this year. So I'm taking Cowboys. You're welcome, Mike. All right, another game that should be really good on Sunday Night Football. Packers are traveling to take on the 49ers. Um, obviously, when you have Aaron Rodgers, you're going to be in every football game. 49ers have a phenomenal defense. So it really comes down to that. It comes down to who's going to do better, Aaron Rodgers against the 49ers D or Jimmy Garoppolo against the Packers D. Um, I think this could be a potential NFC championship preview. Both these teams are really good. I'm going to take the Packers in this one. I just don't – if you tell me right now, and, and Jimmy Garoppolo is playing phenomenal, but if you tell me which quarterback I trust in more, Aaron Rodgers or Jimmy Garoppolo, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. So I think it's going to be a close one. I think it's actually going to be more defensive slugfest kind of game than it is a high-scoring one, but I got Aaron Rodgers and the Packers winning this one. And then Monday Night Football, one that I would have been excited about if the Rams hadn't just been really bad lately – Lamar Jackson and the Ravens traveling to Los Angeles to take on the Rams. I obviously have the Ravens in this. At this point, Lamar Jackson's playing just unreal. Kind of Mahomes like last year where he just can't be stopped. He's playing so well. Difference is, instead of throwing for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns like Mahomes did, Lamar Jackson's getting it done with his arm and his legs. Uh, the Rams D's good, but I think Lamar Jackson just, is just better. So I've got Lamar Jackson and the Ravens winning this one. And that wraps up my picks for this week. As you've probably noticed, Mike is not with us again this week. So I'm going to wrap the fantasy projections into this episode again, just like I did last week. Keep things a little simpler since I've had less to talk about. Um, I've kind of decided after this week, I just don't really like fantasy football anymore. (laughs) It's just not good to me. Uh, I needed five points to win this week on Monday Night Football from Tyreek Hill. Five points. And on the first drive, he pulls a hamstring out for the game. I get none. Get the loss. Last year, I lost a championship by .1 points. Not even exaggerating. So uh, it could just be that I'm cursed, but uh, I still love the game. So let's dive straight into my fantasy projections. Let's talk about quarterbacks. Um, if You heard me talking just a little bit ago on the projections about Lamar Jackson. Guys playing MVP caliber football. Getting it done on the ground. Getting it done through the air. The reason he's so good in fantasy is quarterbacks get... One point for every 25 passing yards. He runs the ball enough to where he gets points. One point for every 10 rushing yards. So if he gets 300 total yards, 200 through the air, 100 on the ground, he's going to get more fantasy points than a quarterback that throws for 300. Uh, Simple math there. So I think him averaging 10 to 15 carries a game, he's going to get more points than most other quarterbacks. He's been a stud all year, and he's my number one this year. Week, sorry, not this year. Uh, number two, I got Deshaun Watson going against the Colts. Um, this guy, I, I talked in the projections too that he's one of the top quarterbacks. If you talk about up and coming young quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, uh, you could ar- have argued Baker Mayfield at the beginning of the year, but right now, not so much. I've got him connecting big this week with DeAndre Hopkins, and I think he's going to be up there at number two for me. Number three, I'm going to go Russell Wilson. Um, You remember a few weeks back, I actually said he was my MVP favorite. Obviously, 
Lamar Jackson's kind of stepped into that role. But Russell Wilson, kind of in the similar way Lamar Jackson does, he's going to get some rushing yards. He's going to escape the pocket. He's going to get some passes against this Eagles D. And I've got him at number three on my list. Number four, this is going to be kind of a surprise here. I'm going to go Matt Ryan. Hasn't had great games, but Tampa Bay, I'm expecting this Tampa Bay-Atlanta game to be a shootout. I think that they're going to be throwing it all over the field on both sides. And I've got Matt Ryan and Jameis Winston as my four and five here. So uh, I think it's one of those games where you're going to want to start your Chris Godwins and Mike Evans and Calvin Ridley's and Julio Jones and and both these quarterbacks. I think it's going to be a great matchup. Um, I'm just going to throw another couple in there. Obviously, you've heard me be critical of Baker Mayfield, but he's got that that coveted matchup this week against the Miami Dolphins. I think he's going to – I mean, and you got Jarvis Landry going against his old team. So I expect that to be a good hookup, and I expect Baker Mayfield to, to do great things. So now I'm going to throw out a couple to kind of stay away from here. Um, and I've got two. One of them I'm going to say Tom Brady versus Dallas. You saw last week Tom Brady didn't have a great game against New England. And to me, the reason is he just doesn't have any weapons to throw to right now. Uh, Julian Edelman's still a good wide receiver, but that's about as deep as they go. So I think, obviously, Tom Brady seems like a great start, but I would be cautionary and and put him on the bench this week. If you had another, you know, even a a bottom-tier QB1, I think you're going to get a better matchup out of them than you will Tom Brady this weekend. Another one I got to kind of stay away from, and, and it goes into the same thing, is Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, he's a great quarterback, and you're probably going to start him unless you've got a good secondary option, but that San Francisco defense is for real. And I think they're going to get two Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you're going to see Bosa get in there a lot. Uh, you, you saw the Chiefs just wreck that backfield, and the Chiefs don't have, in my opinion, the pass rush that San Francisco does. So I think Aaron Rodgers is going to get sacked a lot, and I think it's going to be kind of a cautionary pick for me. So be careful playing Aaron Rodgers this week. All right, let's dive into the top running backs for me this week. And I feel like, and I say this every week, I feel like I'm just beating a dead horse saying this every week, but my top guys are always the guys who are going to get the touches. Christian McCaffrey, number one for me, because the guy catches the football out of the backfield, runs the football. He's going to touch that thing 20, 25, 30 times in a game. So I got Christian McCaffrey at number one against New Orleans. It should be a nice high-scoring game. Um, number two, I'm actually going to throw Derrick Henry up there um, going against Jacksonville for the same reason. Derrick Henry, last time we saw him play in the Chiefs, I mean, he just he just pounded the football. He's one of those big bruising backs that if he gets 10, 20, 30 carries, doesn't matter what it is, he's going to be running downhill hard every single play. Chances are he's going to get 25 carries, and he's going to average probably three, four yards of carry. So it's going to be a solid day for you. So I like Derrick Henry based on his touches. Um, I'm going to go, this is kind of an interesting one here. So number three, I'm going Josh Jacobs against the New York Jets. Um, As much as I hate to give a Raider credit, he's going to be, he's a great running back as a rookie. The New York Jets have a bad defense. I expect Josh Jacobs to kind of, I'd say pace the team, pace the game, because I don't think Derek Carr is going to go out there slinging it all over the field. I think Josh Jacobs is going to set the tone early and get a lot of carries there. Number four, I'm going to go with Alvin Kamara against Carolina. 
I think he's going to kind of play a role similar to what the guy on the opposite side of the field is, my number one, Christian McCaffrey. And he's going to catch a lot of balls, and he, he's obviously a stud too. Catches the ball, makes people miss. He's hard to tackle. So I got Alvin Kamara at four. Um, I'm going to go – I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to go – Ezekiel Elliott against New England. He has not had great weeks, averaging just you know below three yards of carry the last couple of weeks. And New England has a good defense, but I think they're going to have to try to do something to slow down Dak Prescott, and it's going to open some run lanes for him going against New England. So Ezekiel Elliott is my number five. I got a couple guys to stay away from, and this one's shocking because looking at a lot of people's rankings, they have him at number two, and that's Nick Chubb for Cleveland against Miami. The reason I'm going to lower him on my list, I'm not going to say bench him because he's still an RB1, but the presence of Kareem Hunt makes me concerned. We're talking about, and I just talked about Alvin Kamara, but last year Alvin Kamara comes in there, dominates the league, and then when Mark Ingram gets healthy again, it almost just zapped him out of RB1. He was he was still a solid RB1, but he wasn't that game changer in fantasy. I think you're going to see the same thing with Nick Chubb. Um as much as I didn't like what Kareem Hunt did, and I hate the fact that the Chiefs cut him because the guy was a stud. I mean, he he's hard to tackle. He's a little bowling ball kind of guy. He catches it out of the backfield. He's aver- He's got a great yards per carry average with the Browns right now in his limited action. And I think you're going to see them get Kareem Hunt more involved. So, like I said, Nick Chubb, not a bad start, but based on getting Kareem Hunt back, you're going to see more of a split backfield there. So I would be a little cautionary there. The other one I have here is Todd Gurley against Baltimore to watch out for. Todd Gurley finally got 25 carries in a game, um, which is something that last year was average, is him getting the rock a bunch. But this year, not so much. I expect that to go back down because the Ravens have a great defense. And I think this is going to end up having to be an aerial battle here. And I think that uh, that they're just going to stop Todd Gurley. I think he's going to get maybe 10, 15 carries this game. And kind of be irrelevant. So that's my top running backs and something to stay away from. All right, let's take a look at wide receivers here. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of good matchups. You heard me talk about this in the quarterback one. I got Julio Jones at number one. Atlanta going against Tampa Bay. And then at number two, I got Mike Evans. Those two guys, I would start. It's kind of one of those things I was talking about. Start anyone in this game. So I actually have Julio Jones one. Mike Evans, two. Chris Godwin, three. I think all these guys have potential to have big games in this one single game. So if you're playing daily fantasy sports and you're wanting to build some stacks, I would definitely do a Tampa Bay stack with Godwin and Mike Evans and Jameis Winston. And it probably wouldn't be a bad idea to go the Atlanta way either with Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley. Um, but those are my top three wide receivers. Let's throw a couple more in. I got Michael Thomas going against Carolina. Michael Thomas is playing just absolutely lights out this year. Uh, he's earning that contract he got in the offseason. So I've got him at number four. Number five, I'm going to go Odell Beckham Jr. Um, it, it's been one of those things where he hasn't really been in my top five. I don't think pretty much all year, but he's got that Dolphins defense to go against, and I think that he's going to get open quite often in this game. Let's talk about some tight ends here. I think George Kittle's going to play. And with the Chiefs having a bye week with Travis Kelsey, I got George Kittle at number one going against Green Bay. Uh, 
I think it's going to be a defensive slugfest, but if San Francisco moves the football, I believe it's going to have to be a lot of targets to George Kittle. So I've got him at number one. Number two, I'm going to go Darren Waller against the New York Jets for Oakland. Um, the guy, like I said, and I keep it, – it's such a feel-good story for me because this guy didn't start the league on anyone's teams. It's, it's one of those after two or three weeks he was a waiver wire pickup. Now Darren Waller is consistently in the top five tight ends every week. Um, and you've heard us talk about the last few weeks too. Tight ends right now are hard to come by. It's just really, really challenging right now, especially with bye weeks going on because you got Kelsey gone. So I got Darren Waller at two. Number three, I'm going to go Zach Ertz at Seattle. Zach Ertz has been playing pretty well. And honestly, I feel like the way that some of these receivers for Philadelphia have been dropping the football, that Zach Ertz is their most reliable target. So I got Zach Ertz up there at number three. Number four, I'm going to go Mark Andrews. This guy, again, just like Darren Waller, he started out, people People had him in maybe the top 10 tight end, but they didn't think he'd be a top-tier guy, and he has been this year. Lamar Jackson's been finding him early and often in games, and I expect him to have another touchdown, maybe even two this week going against the Rams. So I got him at four. This is going to surprise people, but I'm going to go Noah Fant for Denver against Buffalo. I think he's going to be Brandon Allen's best friend. Brandon Allen looking all over the field, but I think Noah Fant, Gives him a big, reliable target. And he's really stepped up his game. He kind of looked like a bust maybe at the beginning of the season with Joe Flacco throwing it to him. Noah Fant did, but he's really turned it up. The guy's athletic. He can catch the football. He can jump up and high point the football. And I think he's going to be a good pick this week. So that is my top tight ends. Let's talk about a couple defenses before I let you guys get out of here. Chicago Bears defense. I expect them to do really good things against the Giants. I think the Giants win the football game, but I don't think that's a knock on the Bears' defense. I think that's more of a knock on the Bears' offense. Um, It's not going to take much to beat the Bears. So as sad as that is, because like I said at the beginning of the season, Bears were my Super Bowl hopeful for the NFC. Obviously, that's not happening. Hopefully, they right the ship, but for now, I still like their defense at number one this week. Number two, I'm going to go Pittsburgh Steelers defense. They've been a sneaky good defense all year, and they get the talentless Bengals this week with a young quarterback. So I got the Steelers at number two. Number three, I'm going to go Detroit Lions. They have a solid defense. not Maybe not the greatest defense, but the Washington Redskins offense is a turnover machine. I think they're going to get a few picks off the quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, and they're going to stop the run pretty good. So I got Detroit Lions at three. Number four is probably going to be Cleveland Browns against Miami for the same reason. Miami just doesn't have much talent on the offensive side right now. They've been putting some scores up in the last couple weeks, but um, even the Browns being up here without Miles Garrett is going to be a little bit trickier for them, but I think that the matchup really helps them. So that's who I'm going with there. Number five, I'm going to go Buffalo Bills against Denver. Um, I like the way Denver's offense has looked with Brandon Allen at quarterback, but I mean, the Bills defense is good and I wouldn't call Denver's offense good yet. So I think they're still pretty bad. I think the Bills are going to have a big game. So that's the defenses I would start. That pretty much wraps up our show today. If you like college football, check out our college football episode. Mike's going to handle that one this week. 
Um, you can find us on social media. You can find the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts or on gridironauthority.com. Stay tuned. <laughs>